Uh, uh, I don't know why I don't need coffee. I just wake up ready to go, and my wife hates it too. <laughs> Uh, yep, we're an hour away from the Formula One Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the season finale, and I am excited about it. I think I have, I have um, uh, unfounded hope that we're going to have a fantastic race today. They are lined up two by two by two to get on the uh, the train that is going to possibly be the race today. But hey, who knows? We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, let me introduce everybody. We got Jonathan Green across from me, Les Kaiser to my right, and Hello. Bob Varsha over Zoom. Good morning, Mr. Varsha. How are you? Uh, I'm muted. Now I'm okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm great, all things considered. Uh, early morning. Um, I have to say, in all honesty, this could be a snoozer of a race. Uh, as you say, the teams are lined up two by two by two. Uh, Red Bull appears to have the legs on everybody. Uh, Ferrari fall in line behind them and Mercedes behind them. There's some great battles for second in both championships as well as further back. And there's a lot of, of um, money involved in those. So um, everybody has every reason to race hard here in the final race of the season. But just the track and particularly the tires, the fact that just about everybody has burned through their allotment of tires leads <laughs> me to believe that this, you know, some guys just aren't going to have the pace when they need it. And I don't know if you expected me to go on and on and on like this <laughs> when you asked me uh, how I'm doing. No, this um, is great, I just, Bob. <laughs> I, looked at the Pirelli, I looked at Pirelli this morning. Sebastian Vettel has one set throughout the three configuration allotment one set of fresh new tires. He has Ooh. mediums. Pirelli says this is going to be a two-stop race. You're probably not going to use the reds, which um, which is good because Vettel doesn't have any. And Vettel really has been the star of the weekend. You know, three other guys, Ricardo yeah. and Latifi and Schumacher, are also saying goodbye this weekend, at least for the moment. But the focus has been entirely on Vettel, and that's fine. But um, – it doesn't look like he is set well, Bob, to go run a spectacular race starting ninth. Bob, let me ask the obvious then. Why is that? Because we 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 rarely started a show this this year saying ah they're out of they're mm -hmm. out of allotment. Why why have they used so many tires? Well, uh, passing is is hard on this track, even with the long straights and the DRS. Um, and and as I said, the tires, uh, the fact the track didn't get used an awful lot. They're, right. they're seeing a lot of tire degradation. Um, fortunately, they're running into the dusk, as they always do in, uh, in Abu Dhabi, and uh, that'll lower the temperatures and make tire life a little bit easier, or <laughs> the converse, it'll make it harder to switch the tires on. I just, I get this feeling that there's, uh, there's so much relief in the air, there's so much anticipation after the longest season in Formula One history, everybody wants to get to the off-season. Granted, they have a tire test coming up after this race, but I think everybody just wants to get it over with for 2022. And so I think there's going to be a certain lack of motivation out there. I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think <laughs> this one could be a bit of a snoozer. Well, that, that, you know, that could actually create a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Why not? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I think what yeah. you're going to see is anybody that gets knocked out and goes, eh, okay. 
Wow, we're really setting this up. We sound like we were just just had a go at checkered flag. Well, look, (laughs) we did have a go at checkered flag, too. They they sounded a little. (laughs) But you know what, folks? We got people tuning in on YouTube, calling in on the phones. All right. We got Corvette Mike that has called in on the phone. See, he'll save the day. He's got a question for Bob. Hey, Corvette Mike, how are you, buddy? Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Now 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 I'm attending. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I want to, uh, not to detract from the last race, you know, all this stuff's already been won and set in place, but I'd like Mr. Varsha to please speak on uh, team orders again, because I've been employed by someone all my life, and I had to follow their rules. I had to do what they say, and <laughs> I, I'd like to find out what's going on. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's well, a good question. My, you mean specifically with regard to the Red Bull situation? <laughs> Uh, yes, I think, sir. Um, okay, <laughs> we don't know the full story there. Obviously, for those who didn't see the race last week and don't know what Mike's talking about, uh, late in the race with the Red Bulls running nose to tail, uh, Sergio Perez was asked to let his teammate Max Verstappen go by so that the world champion could try to engage the cars ahead of him uh, with the proviso that uh, he would give the position back to Sergio, who's in that battle for second in the driver's championship with Charles Leclerc for Ferrari. But Verstappen said, no, I'm not going to give it back. I'm not going to do what you told me. I've told you why I'm not going to do it. And that's where the rub is. We don't know why Verstappen didn't want to do it. Everybody believes it's because everybody thinks that (laughs) uh, Sergio Perez deliberately spun in Monaco five months ago. Uh, and that prevented Max from, you know, further glory in this season. He's going for his 15th victory, which would be a record in Formula One. It would be a whole season in Formula One not too many years ago. Um, <clears throat> so everybody thinks that that Verstappen was the bad guy. He says, no, there's reason for that. Took tremendous heat on social media, I guess. But, yeah, team orders are there for a reason. The Drivers' Championship doesn't win a nickel. All of the prize money millions and millions and millions of dollars in prize money go to the constructors based on their finish. So every constructor wants both drivers out there scoring points for the team. And if they can maximize points by putting one driver in front or another or whatever, they're going to do that. And um, the drivers are expected to follow on. As you point out, Mike, you have a boss. (laughs) The boss says, do this. Um, And you either do it or you don't but you suffer the consequences if you don't. I don't know what consequences <laughs> there might be for Verstappen. They could always say, okay, pal, you don't want to play by the team rules. Go find another ride out there on the grid somewhere better than the one you've got right now. But I don't know. They say they've talked it out. There's a dearth of information. We don't know the full story, but yeah, it's it's not a good thing for any driver in any situation to ignore <laughs> the, the team orders. Hmm. Well, Mike, does that that answer your question, my friend? Does that answer your question? Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. It said it sets it sets it a bit straight. Uh, uh, would tell me what the first corner is going to look like. <laughs> well, Jonathan's going to lay out on the floor and <laughs> take a nap. I don't know. Could be mayhem. I mean, you heard Fernando Alonso say he's going to play rear gunner for his old buddy Sebastian Vettel at the start of this race, which is remarkable since they drive for two different teams. Um, so obviously Alonso is expecting chaos at the first turn. Um, and, I would you know, I, I suppose that's what we'll get. 
<laughs> I would think ideally you'd see Max block LeClaire and play a Perez role, but I doubt that. But it's been a great season listening and play, talking with you guys. I really enjoy oh. your show. See you next Sunday night. <laughs> hey, Mike, thanks a lot. Hey, we gotta, we're going to go straight out to yeah. Chris, Chris Medlin because he just messaged in and he's got Logan Sargent. Go ahead, Chris. I have indeed. I mean, uh, first thing, morning, everyone. I know it's early over there, but it's uh, evening here in Abu Dhabi. I said the sun's setting, but it's hidden behind clouds. But I have grabbed Logan Sargent because at the end of a very stressful weekend, Logan, you have secured your super license. A very, very measured drive to fifth place in today's feature race. How do you feel right now? Man, I feel really good. I'm just, you know, happy to get the weight off my shoulders. I felt like coming into this weekend, I had 15 years of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears. And uh, all, all that's relieved. But to be honest, I know that the hard work is, you know, was all worth it in the end. And uh, I'm just looking forward to closing this chapter and moving on to whatever's next. Chris, tell I him mean, we got fist pumps going on in the because... in the booth. <laughs> I'm told to pass on to you that fist pumps in the booth uh, right now. They're very, yes. very happy for you. But it, it was a tense weekend. I mean, you qualified well. You stayed out of trouble in the uh, sprint race. But in the feature, there were moments where you were kind of caught in traffic and maybe trying to be careful to make sure that you're racing end prematurely. So what approach did you have to take to this weekend? I just felt like I had to find the right balance between risk versus reward. Um, and to be honest, obviously there was a lot of pressure coming into this weekend, but you know, I appreciated that. And I felt like as long as we did the job we needed to do, everything would be fine. And uh, you know, we've been so fast all year. There was, there was really no pressure about, you know, if we'd have the pace and um, we just need to execute. And um, yeah, I think in the future race, as you said, it wasn't ideal. We probably pitted at not the completely right time, which put us in a bad track position. But um, from there on, I just did my best to make the most of it and move forward as much as I could. Uh, if no one's seen the Formula 2 feature race from today, uh, Logan got the move done on Roy Nassani around the outside of turn nine with a beautiful move. And I want to ask you about that because you must have your heart in your mouth a little bit when you're on the outside, you're at risk. But it, it was a crucial move at that time of the race. Yeah, I felt like it needed to be done. Um, I had the run. And um, I gave him a lot of space on the inside. I didn't, I didn't, you know, try and squeeze him too much, uh, just in case, you know, he 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 washed out wide. Um, so I was quite cautious with with how hard I, I went into that corner. But um, yeah, it was nice to get it done, and obviously that freed me to try and chase down Hauger. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, we got the job done. That's what matters. Super license uh, checked. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean. 2023 can wait for tomorrow. I believe uh, America will want to wake up and, and look out for more news on 23 in the morning. But how are you going to celebrate tonight? I'm just going to try and embrace the moment, uh, take it all in. You know, I just re- go to the end of season party with, with my team here at Williams and um, maybe see some of the Carlin boys as well. And just, you know, try to appreciate all the hard work that each and every single member of both teams have put in this year and um, just try to enjoy the night together. And Bob Varsha in the studio is saying it's going to be a snooze fest this race, but it's the final grid without you on it for a while. Tell everyone that it's not going to be a snooze fest. I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't watched a single F1 session this weekend because I've been so caught up in my own stuff. But um, to be honest, I have no idea. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Oh, diplomatic answer, but fair. But uh, Logan, I, Honest. I like an honest driver. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. we all, but there he is. Logan Sargent. Uh, Great stuff. Well done. License. Well done. And uh, yeah. he's about to get congratulations well to by Callum Eilat, who's uh, just walked by. Um, who I, I tell you what, I'm going to really annoy him, but Callum, you're live on SiriusXM in the US. Um, obviously, you're a household name through IndyCar. How impressed are you? Supposedly, he says. How impressed are you with what Logan's <laughs> done this year? Well, we had a chat at Le Mans in 2021 
about his plans. And um, I mean, there was a slight possibility he was going to come to IndyCar. And I remember him being sat down. He's like, but I've got another plan. And if I pull it off, well, <laughs> firstly, he would be very impressed. And then obviously, secondly, it's also every other driver's dream. And uh, yeah, I'm very, well, I'm very surprised when I saw it happening. I was like, he knew something, he knew something and got it right. So no, fair play to him and also a great rookie year. It's not easy to finish up there on the first year and he did a great job. Of course, it's a tough, tough championship. I've been there, I've done that. Um, but yeah, it looks like he'll have some fun now. Yeah, I'll let you two have some fun now too, but kind of, I appreciate that. Thanks very much. Just want to interrupt them before they got to <laughs> chatting. So uh, yeah, it's Callum Ilot. Any car's Callum Ilot now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Who, yeah. Uh, that's As awesome. I said, multiple yeah. race winner in Formula 2. So, there we go, chap. Sorry to interrupt. Ah, Chris. Oh, brilliant. Any time, mate. Great job, Chris. Congratulations to Logan Sargent. Now, if he thinks there's been a lot of pressure this weekend, <laughs> wait till he gets to Formula 1 and starts, you know, dealing with that meat grinder. But good on him. Great to see a young American get the break. Yeah, he's just getting started with the pressure cooker. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's only begun, buddy. Uh, it ain't over. I'm, I'm glad he's got that Williams drive go because if there is a non-press um, situation, it is that, that at the moment the expectations yeah. aren't there for either Haas or Williams, but that's not a good situation. <laughs> I don't know. No, the, that, that's true. The pressure at Haas I was is... Say, though, yeah. Talk about pressure at Williams, though. I think they did put pressure on him, didn't they, by announcing yes. that he would race in 23 <laughs> before he had that super Slipped license. it into the press just conference. Right? Yeah, just yeah. in case, which is very rare for a team to do. So I can see why he felt the pressure. But, yeah, as you guys say, that's only going to go up next year. Yeah, no that doubt. That would be exciting. Tell him, tell him to make sure he keeps a diary every day, the <laughs> good, the bad. Uh, I think it could make fascinating reason uh, reading at uh, this point next year. Hey, Chris. Hello. Yeah, we just started the show talking about the attrition of the tyres and why the allocation is down. Can you kind of update us as to why, you know, Abu Dhabi specifically is so tough and why, why so many drivers, are, we, we were just talking about Vettel having literally very few options on tyres. So what, what's the deal I, at the moment? I did catch some of that. And um, it's a little bit misleading, actually. So one point is... It's always dry and hot here. We do FP1 and FP3 in the middle of the day when it's really tough on tires, but also a little bit pointless, uh, you know, in terms of running at the same time as the race and qualifying. So uh, there's there's some long runs that goes on then and some testing that goes on then, which gets rid of a set of tires, but they don't learn a lot. Uh, but then you always, yeah, it's a race track that hasn't been easy to overtake on. So people do prioritize qualifying and they'll use their softs a lot, which is something Bob rightly said, Seb has done. But when it comes to other sets, Aston Martin like to scrub in their, their uh, harder compound tyres. I still don't understand why. Pirelli still say, well, we don't think there's a performance advantage, but they do it anyway. So where it says Seb has one set of new mediums uh, and one set of used mediums and one set of used hards, those used hards are mediums. Uh, oh, they've just sure scrubbed. been scrubbed. I see. So they're basically new. Uh, but it does mean if he needs to two-stop, he can only do it with one set of hards, two sets of mediums. Uh, that's what most drivers have available, but a few others, I, I'm, off the top of my head, I want to say Perez, the Alpines and the Ferraris have two sets of hards, one set of mediums. So they can be a bit more aggressive because that hard will last longer. But because this track is abrasive on tires, especially in the heat, it does mean that they get through as many as they would anywhere else because you never get a wet session to save a set or something like that. Mm. 
All right, guys, uh, we need to take a pause here. And when we come back, we'll have more from Chris at Abu Dhabi. And we'll continue to break down everything else. And uh, we'll, we'll get you ready for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. You're listening to Speed City back after this. Abu Dhabi. <laughs> All right, he almost uh, <clears throat> threw out a wager between John and I that Abu Dhabi would come up today. <laughs> Listen, my it's jokes. Just a matter of when. My, my jokes are <laughs> long-standing. <laughs> your hey, jokes one, are, what, are your jokes? Well, one, one point between uh, Lawson and Sergeant in the end. Lawson getting that podium, um, putting him to third, so Sergeant drops to fourth. But um, that's a pretty cool end to the championship. I know. I can't. I uh, you know so yeah. early. I didn't even get a chance to look, and so when I saw Chris pop up there, I was like, I know exactly why. Logan is his guest because you know, he, he did it. All four of those guys, and that that just to be honest, this is the first time I've seen it as as strong as this. But the top four in F two all have contracts with F one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, because there's a bunch of not just Logan, but several people got super license points last yeah, night. Lawson already had his super license, but he's now a Red Bull uh, reserve. Mm-hmm. What? Well, but, yeah, but he was reserve. already. Yep. Porcher obviously uh, is uh, connected to. Um, uh, how bad is this music Help coming me. through to you guys, by the way? I can't even hear it. Can't hear it. Oh, good. And no, 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 Drogovich is with Aston Martin. Going on. Hey, we got a, a question from Drew on YouTube. He says, let me tee up my topic. So annoyed with Haas management for sacrificing last season for this season and then pulling out the rug out from under Mick. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, <laughs> That's Formula One, isn't it? You, you, it the yeah. T- the timing, it's a moving yeah. target. And if you, if you get on the right gravy train, you're on the right gravy train. I mean, you know. Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, he's caught in that catch-22. As Gunter Steiner said, you know, we decided at this point we need experience. Well, you don't get experience. To be, to be fair, car, to, okay, the answer to that guy is, I believe, I'm, I'm, and Chris will correct me if I'm wrong, but hasn't he now got a Mercedes uh, reserve drive? Officially? Uh, I don't think it's signed yet, but that's looking the most likely, yeah. With Ricardo going to Red Bull, which you think will be announced tomorrow. Which surely is one of the most prized reserve drives there is. Mm. Oh, I mean, I think Alex Albon has shown as well recently, that just because you do a couple of years and then drop off the grid at a young age, you can come back. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. So. All right, here we go. Yeah. Alonso proved that. <laughs> he left Alpine three times. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM. CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60. Our digital world is more than just interconnected. It's interdependent. And because of that, security is a top concern for every organization. The Mercedes-AMG Petronas Formula One team knows they're a potential target for a host of digital attacks, which is why they leverage the CrowdStrike Falcon platform to deploy end-to-end security solutions. CrowdStrike revolutionized cybersecurity by harnessing the speed and the power of the cloud to identify and stop the most sophisticated cyber attacks. Our cloud-native Falcon platform protects and defends organizations against increasingly complex threats, so you can have the peace of mind to focus on your business momentum, not what's trying to stop it. That's protection that powers you. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com XM. And let's thank CrowdStrike for the season-long sponsorship of not just our show, but lots of motorsports. We yeah. really appreciate those guys. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Our, thank you, George. Yeah, thank you, George. Yeah, congrats, George. <laughs> congrats. On his yeah, awesome good, season. Good season. Yeah. 
All right, guys, we have uh, we've touched on this, but uh, I think more than anything else, it's the headlines have just centered around Sebastian Vettel, including the big dinner that they had uh, with every single driver around the table congratulating Seb on his career and the tab picked up picked up by Lewis Hamilton. Did y'all see all those photos, Jonathan? Did you ever find them? I never did. I, to be honest, I, <laughs> I, this the whole thing has missed me, but this was in order to celebrate Vettel's retirement and they invited all the drivers, right? Yeah, it was awesome. Pretty, can yeah. you imagine the waiter walking in going, whoa, we have a private, <laughs> we have a private party in the next room <laughs> and he walks in and goes, Holy smokes! It's every well, single. Yeah, but they they eat like they they eat like they drive. They were gone in five. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true. Nobody eats. Although, nobody drinks. Although it's the end yeah. of the season, guys. Who but, knows? Yeah, but hang on a minute. Here's what uh, I don't understand. They drink. I was about to say. <laughs> I, was there? I mean, what was the what was the per head, Chris? <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the final per head was, but somebody put uh, a picture of a seat up saying, oh, here's the check. And this is what they all had. And it had some expensive wines and things on there. Uh, and <laughs> it was wrong because A, it was for 12 people, not 20. But B, a driver who will remain unnamed because it was off the record, <laughs> asked me, did it have loads and loads of gin and tonics on it? Because I had so many gin and tonics and I couldn't see a single one on there. So I was like, no, it was like, it's the wrong receipt then. Uh, was, yeah, a, a lot drunk. Um, they had a good time. Like, yeah, Lewis organized it or, or kind of, you know, um, initiated the idea. But it was great from every driver to commit to going. Uh, they, some of them had to kind of skip out for different events to be there. And, and then, I mean, I saw Fernando Alonso posted about it at about 4 a.m. local time, which <laughs> we're on a slightly strange time zone here. We do, like, work late, eat late, go to bed late. But 4 a.m. is kind of pushing it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the race is at night. So, hey, what the there heck? There you go. Yeah, getting acclimated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to bet that they would definitely. I mean, it's the last race of the season. They're not... <laughs> so so that, that, that radio g- call from Alonso when he found out he wasn't in Q3 was, okay, I, I've got dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. It's okay. Yeah. No big uh, deal. Bob said it a while ago about uh, Alonzo and Vettel, how Alonzo's going to play wingman because he's right ahead of Vettel starting. But did you guys see everybody just moving out of the way? And, and everybody commented on it after yeah. qualifying, saying him. we were just going to let Vettel not get in his way, probably not let him have whatever position he wanted, but not get in his way in particular, you know, yeah. really staying out of his way. I thought that was cool. Very cool. All right, let's see what else we got. Hey, Chris, uh, did you get your mic? I, I sent you a message. Your mic was a little hot. How's it going out there? It's not that good at all, man. Uh, it's going very well. Sorry, ah. I had it mute, muted and locked and, uh, to make sure it wasn't too hot. The thing is, uh, I do apologize to everyone if I'm uh, shouting at you all, but the atmosphere here is similar to how it has been most years, actually, in Abu Dhabi, where huge club tunes are, are sort of blasting out over the grid. So... Uh, I can barely hear myself think, let alone speak to you guys. But uh, <laughs> it's it's another warm afternoon, but not as hot as it has been. As I mentioned earlier, like we've got some cloud cover, which means I think in terms of uh, track conditions, that's a lot cooler, which might affect strategies. Uh, probably we're expecting a two-stop. I think we're more likely to see a one-stop now with this. Uh, but one thing that's very noticeable on the grid here is because it's the last day of school. Uh, a lot of tributes, a lot of different clothing going on. Uh, Alpha Tari lined the walkway from the hospitality to the garage for Pierre Gasly and applauded him in. They're all wearing uh, white caps with his number on. Uh, the whole team, like whichever car they're working on, are doing that. And at McLaren, they're all wearing cowboy hats, Stetsons, uh, with 
thanks DR on them um, because of it being Ricardo's final race. So, yeah, a few really nice tributes uh, here on the grid at the moment. And obviously, there'll be a few for Seb as well. We've got some tribute helmets. Mick Schumacher and Fernando Alonso are wearing replica Vettel helmets this weekend. Mm -hmm. huh. That's cool. That is very fun. Well, look, you know, we we talked about it. How it could be a snoozer. But look, there's plenty to play for today because we got Checo and, oh, yeah. and Charles Leclerc battling for that second position, tied on points, which is actually pretty cool. And we got all these drivers with the uh, end of either end of their career or end of season. We Vettel, Schumacher, Ricardo, Latifi all saying goodbye. And you've got, uh, but up and down the grid, you've got millions and millions of dollars that are dependent on what happens today. Because, I mean, including Haas F1 battling down with AlphaTauri. Two points. Two, yep, two points away. Yep. Um, and, I mean, look, you've got... 19 points between Mercedes, I believe it is 19, but between Mercedes and Ferrari with Ferrari, you know, Ferrari in the driver's seat with that with 19 points ahead. And based on qualifying, uh, it looks like the back to sea level is back to reality for Mercedes. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I would. I, think actually. So. Mm -hmm. I, I got a question. Yeah, we, I think we, I saw it. Go, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Well, I was just, uh, I heard uh, or read that Toto Wolf was saying, you know, we, we've learned a lot this year about car that it doesn't work well at every track. So we've plotted, as in a graph, where we're good, where we're bad. And that doesn't give us a lot of hope for this weekend in terms of, you know, temperature and number of corners and how acute those corners might be. So, uh, yeah, this is not the best racetrack for Mercedes at this critical moment when they're trying to do battle with Ferrari, as you point out. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I deep down, I've kind of, I try not to root necessarily, but I'm kind of rooting for Ferrari on this. I don't know why. I feel like, you know, they had started the season so hot and it was fun to see that. And I, I also have this feeling that Mercedes is going to get everything back together again for next year. I mean, considering how well they've done to, as these seasons progressed. So I have a feeling that Mercedes could start being Mercedes again next year, but we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, Jonathan, what else is exciting for you today? Um, well, like I said, I mean, we could call it a snooze fest, but I mean, this this race could go upside down in, in, in seconds. Yeah. Um, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and look at the aggression we've seen at Brazil and in Mexico. Um, you know, I, I really do think that there'll, there'll be more fireworks than perhaps we're expecting. So I don't think we should... Uh, you know, necessarily get too down on this because it could turn on its head within seconds. Um, it only needs uh, an incident at the first corner or an incident anywhere in the field on the first lap in a safety car to throw things up in the in the air because a rolling restart with Verstappen is a lot different than a than a than a you know uh, yeah. shot, than a straight yeah. straight start. And so you know, if you are Leclerc and you're looking for a weight, we were doing the permutations yesterday. Leclerc's going to struggle to get past Perez on pure straight line speed. But if there's an opportunity, Leclerc is absolutely a demon at, at taking opportunities like that and using a safety car, for example. Norris is another one. I mean, you know, what I'm getting at is Alonso, Vettel. You know, if there is some sort of uh, situation, we had it with Latifi last year. I think it was last year, wasn't it? Um, in the middle of Abu Dhabi where it, he went off and then there was a safety car and all the rest of it. But we, obviously we had that end 
that we'll never forget. But uh, so, you know, <laughs> right. let's, lest we forget, remember the drama of the desert of uh, the desert war of last year. Incredible. Yeah. So, you know, hey, yep. it can all end up very interesting. Mm. Hey, Bob. Yeah. Um, but I hope it does. Yeah, exactly. We all do. Hey, Bob, you know the circuit facts and figures that we drop into our uh, show doc? You had some, you added that pit delta this time, but why don't you run down those? Those are good stats. I think everybody would like to hear those as well. Okay, but before I get off this page on the internet, did you see the potential six sprint races they're looking at for next year? <laughs> Ooh, Baku, yeah. Baku, Azerbaijan, Austria, uh, Spa in Belgium. Lose I'm a fan. Qatar, I'm ready. I'm a fan. Interlagos I'm... and. Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, ladies Ooh, and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Well, it was going to get a, a sprint race next year. Austin, Texas, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. There you go. Yeah, you know, when uh, they first started talking about sprint races, Coda was on the uh, prospect list for that. So uh, hopefully it'll come through yeah, this Yeah, that's time. true. Yeah. I remember that. Okay, let's talk about the track a little bit. Three and a quarter miles around, lots of corners, 16 in all, eight to the right, eight to the left. Really no elevation change to speak of, but more importantly, there's some off-camber corners that yep. Martin Brundle's been going on and on about on TV, and those are really tricky. Um, two DRS zones, 58 laps to race, uh, the all-time lap record of 122, which averages 144 <laughs> miles per hour. Average 144, <laughs> and they do touch 200 miles an hour on the straightaway. That was uh, Verstappen and the Red Bull last year where he also recorded the race lap record of 126, about 136 miles an hour average. Um, Pirelli came with their softest tires. Ricardo, of course, has a great penalty for colliding with Kevin Magnussen last week in uh, Brazil, for which he was blamed. And uh, the pit delta, this could be important with a couple of stops, maybe as many as three. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if the scuffs don't hold up. 22 seconds, which is relatively short. So you can get in and out of these pits pretty quickly if you get a good stop when you're stationary. And um, yeah, again, we'll have to see it all play out. Pardon me, there's a fly in my office. <laughs> Don't let it in your soup. Um, <laughs> right. So there it is. You know, it's, it's an amazing track built on an island, a man-made island, biggest man-made island in the world, I believe. Um, someone posted... Uh, I know it was Mark Sutton, the great photographer, who uh, who posted pictures of the track being built, and it was a phenomenal construction site, cranes everywhere, um, and it's fabulous. Probably the most expensive track ever built because <laughs> yeah, it has the it hotel and all that kind of stuff. And and we haven't seen a lot of it, which is annoying, and we won't in the darkness, I suppose. Ferrari World, Ferrari World, yeah, world's largest indoor theme park. And Ferrari is the theme. It includes the world's fastest roller coaster and on and on and on. It sounds like a, a heck of a nice place to visit. But did, did, didn't they, didn't somebody, didn't the, the, the security guy lose the keys and so it hasn't been, it's open and then it's closed and then they, they lost the keys and, and, and then, you know. So they had that recall. Just to give it the, the feel of, of a Ferrari, you know. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Well, yeah, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't decide what their opening and closing hours were, and they kept changing when the moment came. <laughs> Nobody was quite sure. Nobody was quite sure. Decision. Yada, yada, yada. And lots of radio yeah. talk back. And, uh, all right, well, guys, let's get a quick break in when we come uh, back. Just, oh, wait. Uh, Go actually, ahead. If you stay there, Taps, because I'm about to grab one of the drivers who has uh, got an emotional 
afternoon ahead in a second for a, a very quick walk and talk. So sorry to uh, let's do it. Go, 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 go. It. Uh, it's uh, it's Daniel Ricardo who is going to be ah! obviously not on the grid next year. And I'm just going to let him get on a cool jacket because it is still very warm here. And I've been jumped by uh, Italian Sky rather than British Sky. So that went really, really well for me. So never mind. Go for a break. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're watching we'll Martin we're... Brundle talk to him. Yeah, so, we, yeah. we watched that happen. Can, we can see you. We can there see you. you. Nice hey. mic cube. <laughs> Medlin, nice mic cube. I hear uh, Danny you, yeah. Wick is going That's all you guys want to we, we just wanted to see you on telly. Uh, that's all I was doing, too, obviously. <laughs> I'll try to grab it a bit later. We can go to a break, and I'll see if I can get him on the way back. All right, well, we'll go to a break. Chris, we'll catch up with you after this. You're listening to Speed City. We're back after these messages. <laughs> oh, that was funny, Chris. <laughs> but folks, I looked up at the TV, and I was watching. I was like, well, when, when did that happen? Because I knew it's like <laughs> yeah. 15 seconds off of live. Yeah, folks, it really is like that. So I mean, I, it's like a free-for-all. Yeah. Uh, well, I had him lined up by uh, by his trainer. Then uh, Sky UK jumped in on him, and I was like, well, that's fine, um, because they were behind him in a better place and got him after a photo he did with his team, which I was told to wait for to happen. But then as we started to walk, and I turned around, and just an Italian Sky reporter just started throwing a mic in his face. Like, you mean, you mean the Italians around. didn't follow the rules of mo- in motorsport? That's a surprise. I've, really? I've never come across uh, that in MotoGP, Formula One, or World Superbike. Yeah, the Italians wouldn't wait in line. What a strange what thing. What a strange thing. I, 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 was... I, hey, listen, Chris, I, I, I really want you to get Norbert if you can. Ah, uh, okay. I could try Norbert. I'll see if he'll talk. I he's, just want to see what he's right you to the left. I'm all... yeah, I know. I just want to, I want to find out when he first knew that he was going to be, <laughs> going to be affording motorsport. Like every father who kind of on one side is elated that that's what his son or daughter wants to do. And on the other, it's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and hang around and see if I can get him, um, when we're back on air, then I think I've lost sight of him now. I did see him just now, but I don't know where he's gone. He might have actually. Oh, he's hugging all the team. He's hugging the entire hugging paddock. <laughs> Norbert's having a big time. You see the video of him dancing on the on the flatbed truck around the track. No, I, I didn't see that. Old, yeah, old Norbert's having a big old weekend, and I. You know, F one released a like a mini movie that what it said. That it was done by Norbert? I guess it was a farewell to Seb, but it's on. it was on Twitter. Yeah. I saw it last night. I haven't seen it. Twitter? Is that still a thing? <laughs> well, well it's lots like of job you, openings. Everybody's, everybody's uh, giving Elon Musk a hard time. It's like, this sounds like the beginning of Tesla. Everybody's like, you're going to try to turn the industry upside down with your electric cars? Well, just go away. Yeah, and then? And then? <laughs> Oh, goodness. I feel the off-season blues coming on now. Uh, how long have we got in break? I think we're at, we're coming out of break now. Come come back to uh, you if you want, Chris. 15 seconds, Chris. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see. Not sure, but I'll try. I heard from uh, Ted Kravitz last night that the, the Wi-Fi, the, you know, the signal phone the signal is really good. Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM.
The Speed City F1 pre-race show on Sirius XM is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Stop today's most sophisticated cyber attacks at the office, the racetrack, and everywhere, everywhere in between. Learn more at CrowdStrike.com slash XM. Chris Medlin, are you, uh, are you on, a, on a mic there, buddy? I am, yeah, but uh, I did just try and see if Norbert Vettel would be up for doing an interview, but he's just done one in English, and he did not enjoy doing it, and he said, oh, my English isn't good enough. But I can tell you what he was doing before that, which was hugging every single member of the Aston Martin team. <laughs> he went around to every team member uh, and gave them, a, gave them a big hug to say thank you for, for what he did, uh, for what they've done for the set. Uh, so I thought that was a really lovely touch because he's been having a great time this weekend. Cool. Uh, he's been, uh, he gave Seb his old overalls and helmet from his first karting race. He was uh, on a flatbed truck. I think you guys were just talking about seeing it from last night. Seb did an event where everyone ran the track together from Formula One. Uh, <laughs> anyone who couldn't run could get on the back of a flatbed truck that had music playing and were basically having a party going for a lap. So, uh, yeah, it was quite remarkable, actually, to bring so many people together. And uh, it's been a, a proper, proper celebration. Oh, that's great. I, and I love, and all uh, yeah. insider longtime fans will hear that Chris carefully uh, enunciated, hugged the paddock. So, <laughs> Usain Bolt's in the house. Joke. Good to see. Yeah, Usain Bolt. I was going, who is that six foot eight person? Mick Doohan? There's Mick. Right we hung there. out with Mick and Coda. And there's a man and with a yellow shirt on. And Elvis. Oh. And, you know, I, la I was laughing at the flatbed truck comments because when they had the flatbed trucks at Coda, I was la looking at them going, those are just the old you know ranch yeah. trucks from bastrop that they're yeah. <laughs> hauling around and they just look hilarious of course where else would you get them that's true all right um what's next on our agenda i think we should talk about Haas and uh the decision to drop mick and yeah keep uh well keep uh but bring in the hulk bring yeah, in the hulk, the hulk. you yeah. know chris medlin brought up on our wednesday wheel to wheel show the fact that that hulk is 35 years old and I mean, we're, we're losing a 23 year going to a 35 year old. And, you know, uh, it's that's the only negative I could see in this, because if you look at Hulk's points production, because I think if you were if you were to ask Gene Haas, the number one thing, I'm going to interrupt you because I've got Nico right here. And he's gladly, gladly, I say, <laughs> politely said he'll uh, answer a question. Just just one question, Nico. How glad are you to be back in F1? Excited to be back. Look at that. He knew what he's going to do then. Looking forward to next season? Yeah, of course. First of all, Tuesday, you know, to get a first taste of it again and then prepare over the winter. Obviously, big challenge. Um, going to take some settling in time, but I'm, uh, I'm very motivated for it. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get my, my hands on it. Well, I look forward to seeing you back. And thank you very much for jumping in. He's going to go and do some more TV now. Still in Aston Martin gear because he's got a job to do as well. Good work, Chris. As, uh, as their reserve driver, but... He said no originally, and I'm like, everyone's blanking me today. I'm not letting the season end like this. No. <laughs> Get your elbows so out, So did son. he look fit? Yes. Uh, he did, yeah. He knows. He always he looks was, fit. Well, he, was, he wasn't quite in the best of shape when yeah. it came to uh, an, an IndyCar test last year. And then also when he jumped in the Aston at the start of this year, uh, it did catch him out a little bit uh, in terms of his fitness level because he wasn't expecting to be needed straight away at the start of the season. But uh, he's obviously then worked with that. And now he is very, very much ready to go. Uh, there's a bit hanging around going around, so I might try and jump in on Nicholas Latifi as well. Final race for you today, Nikki. Uh, you're live on Sirius XM across North America. What are you looking forward to about uh, getting out there and giving it one last thrash? Just to enjoy each lap. Uh, hopefully there's some opportunities that come and just to try to be the thing that, uh, yeah, obviously it's not been the, the three years that I would have hoped, but 
it's been a, a lot of great memories uh, along those three years. I'll be looking to uh, remember those, cherish those. You know, very privileged and fortunate to have been in the position I am. And, you know, it's ending not the way I want it to, but, you know, that's life. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Um, so, yeah, it's my last race. Just want to enjoy it. Last race in F1, but what comes next? Can you tell us yet? Uh, at the moment, no. Uh, I'm not sure yet. I haven't really decided anything. Of course, there's been talks here and there across various teams, various categories, but I haven't decided on anything yet. So, um, have a bit of time after the race to... Uh, to the side <laughs> and Alex is just a bias he's got your name on his helmet hasn't he that's a nice touch <laughs> he does yeah I, I saw that only before qualifying actually uh, yeah I mean nice. Alex and me are I mean even before we were teammates we were we were quite good friends before we were teammates in F1 we were quite good friends and I mean he's one of the nicest guys in the paddock one of the most genuine guys there is and uh, yeah we've had a great uh, relationship he's, he's, uh, well since we've known each other and this year it's been great being his teammates and yeah, he wanted to do a little send-off for me, I guess. We're, we're doing a hell of a swap at the end of the weekend, so I'm, I'm assuming that's the one I'm going to get. Yeah. <laughs> You'd hope so, wouldn't you? But anyway, uh, I'll, I'll let you get away. I know you've got to do stuff, but enjoy it today. That's nice, Chris. I like uh, the fact, that? I like that you get real, honest, genuine answers on drivers when they're, when they're leaving like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, uh, speaking of helmets, I understand Sebastian Vettel's is a special one, but I honestly didn't hear the details on it. Have you it heard anything? It is indeed, yeah. So what? What Seb's done is he auctioned off spaces on his helmet for people to put their photo. So fans could bid for a spot on his helmet and have uh, their photo on his final helmet that says uh, the last lap on it, the final lap, uh, so that he kind of carries a bunch of his fans with him for his final race. So all the proceeds are going to uh, charitable causes uh, to do with the environment and, and causes close to Seb's heart. Uh, so that was a really nice touch. And yeah, it's just it's down on the side of the grid at the moment after he uh, came to the grid uh, using it. And a lot of people were taking photos of that. And I know many, many fans were like trying to pick themselves out of all the shots that have been over the weekend. So that's uh, that's very cool touch. Mm, really, that nice. is yeah. cool. Hey, Chris, have you run across Juan Manuel Correa? I know that. Um, I mean, that's just such a big story for him to be back. I know he didn't have the best of weekends. Have you seen him this weekend? Uh, I've seen him around. I haven't spoken to him. I must admit. Um, sorry, it's getting very crowded in the on the grid here. So I'm just getting. And out of the way, I've found to wedge myself between all of the driver coaches who are much bigger and stronger than I am. Uh, yeah, I did see him from afar. He he had a, a competitive run in quali and like and the sprint race that the pace was good. The result wasn't there, but uh, the pace was good. He got involved in a bit of an incident in the feature race, which was a shame. But uh, yeah, it's been uh, been an encouraging sign because yeah, that was his first race back in F2 since his accident, uh, and he'll do the full season next season. Uh, so this was just a bit of a kind of a warm up, and now he knows. Uh, kind of the level he needs to get to, but the the pace was very encouraging. Jonathan, I know you were excited about this. I'm just thinking, look, if he keeps progressing back after the horrific crash that he had, I mean, I, could, I think could, this, yeah, I think this is a real reset for Juan Manuel. Uh, we could saw we him, see him in for F1. Is what I'm getting at. Um, you know what? It's not beyond the, the realms of possibility. He's matured dramatically in these last few years. He's been through this traumatic situation. Um, and if you, if you don't remember what happened, he was in that uh, sadly fateful crash for uh, Anton Hubert at Spa a couple of years ago where he was badly injured as well to the point of, um, I mean, he, he almost lost a leg, basically. Yeah. Um, and they, they, he, he spent a lot of time in recuperation and um, came back, um, made a wise decision to go back to F3 rather than F2, has fought his way through and got back to F2. And, and that's the amazing thing. He's also doing media work. He's kept himself relevant. He's good um, in that sphere as well. Um, so he has a, a, a role to play. And that is the, one of the hardest things to do. Uh, it's very, it's very Kubitzer-esque in terms of 
you know, almost fighting against the impossible, which is to come back from a, um, a life-threatening injury and make it back to effectively the top of the pinnacle of where he could be at the moment. And if he makes it to Formula One, it'll be, you know, incredible. But he's got a career. There's no question about it. and No, no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good story. That's why I wanted you to express your thoughts on it because I knew that he was uh, that he was back in F2 and doing good. Uh, I was just taking a look down the list here, and Jonathan Liam Lawson, yeah, uh, he also has got a reserve drive next year. Yeah, I'm really been excited. Following him since I've known him since he was a 15 year old, yeah, because of the Toyota Racing Series. So I've known him since his Formula First days. I've actually driven his Formula First car with him, him mentoring me and laughing at me heavily. Um, but um, yeah, no, great kid. Um, you know, he was given a contract on his 18th birthday, the day after the Toyota Racing Series. He won the series, and Helmut Marco called him up and said, "Hey, mate." Um, I want you on board. He took it with both hands and said, absolutely. Uh, he's been in Formula 3. He's never really, you know, he's not won everything. Uh, he was third in F2 yesterday. He got a, a feature race win and third in, um, in the second race. Sorry, a sprint race first yeah. and a feature race third. Right. Uh, and finishes third overall. Um, but the interesting part was he, as soon as he got out of the car, he drove Verstappen's car, by the way, within 0.2 of yeah. Perez wow, on wow. soft tires. Really impressive. Jumped right in that car. Jumped right that. into mm. Verstappen's mm. seat. Uh, and as we know, Verstappen doesn't give too much to anybody. So, uh, yeah, no, um, anyway, but he got that. And then the, the, the big story is he got out of the car and Helmut Marco said, right, you are the official reserve driver. Because he did a reserve for AlphaTauri. Go. go, Chris. False, false alarm. Yeah, I thought Chris had Ricardo is what he was texting. Well, that, I mean, that was the other part of the story is that on the same day or in the same hour that Lawson was announced as the reserve driver for Red Bull, Ricardo was also announced as a reserve driver for Red Bull. Hey, Chris. So, yeah, sorry if you could just hear a lot of noise or commotion around me. I did position myself among, uh, <laughs> well, some goodbyes almost actually for the driver coaches, but I am waiting to see if I can grab Daniel Ricardo in a sec. There's a lovely touch going on in the middle of the grid where the drivers were giving Sebastian Vettel uh, a hug and uh, just kind of wishing him well ahead of his final race. A lot of them there wanting to speak to him, and now they're all uh, heading off to their cars. So we'll see who we can grab uh, on their way back as they're trying to, admittedly, they are trying to focus. Uh, and Daniel does have a set of headphones on, so I'm not sure if he's going to be up for this or not. But I've tried to position myself and see, uh, and I'll see if he's up for it or not. Um, I'll, I'll ask him. Um, no, he wants to focus. All right, he wants to uh, get focused on that last race. So, um, I will. I will never interrupt the driver who, who is saying no when they're about to the racing car and drive it. Chris, can I? Can I? Um, use, can I use that time then to ask you a question? Um, I, I didn't know you when. Can. I'm a big Lawson fan, um, and I was excited for the news. <clears> and the big ki Kiwis are very excited. But what does Ricardo also being a reserve driver mean for Lawson? <coughs> well, so the talk around Ricardo's seat, I will admit has been less about him being reserved and more about him doing marketing, a bit of simulator work, Ambassador. a lot of the show runs and demo runs, and only attending a few Grand Prix. So uh, Helmut Marko hinted that there would be a number of reserve drivers at Ferrari. At Ferrari. <laughs> I'm looking at Ferrari right now. Um, so they were saying that on that front, um, it's more likely to be uh, kind of split across a number of different drivers. And if that is the case, then I don't think they will use uh, Ricardo much in that capacity unless you just have a, a clear 
race coming up where, where you won't have a driver available. And if that happens, then maybe they do turn towards him because he'll be the most experienced one on the books. But for Liam Lawson, I'm hearing he's more likely to do Super Formula next year after securing third place yeah. in the yeah. Drivers' Championship in F2 this year. Uh, and if he manages that, then um, that's, a, that's a good schooling to stay sharp. That's kind of a step up from F2, really. Uh, and I think it continues him on the, on the trajectory towards Formula 1. All right, guys, we are coming up right after this break. We're going to get Mr. Varsha to walk us through the starting grid. You're listening to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM. Back after these messages. I knew you were excited about Liam Lawson. It's been fun yeah. watching. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's 21. I mean, in three years. I mean, he's, he's yeah. I mean, he's done like Yuki has done. You know, I mean, gone straight from you know the lower ranks straight to the top. Drew on YouTube says Chris has his elbows out nabbing these interviews. He definitely has his elbows out today. He's not taking no. <laughs> they, they don't all. Well, I was going to say I have to sometimes, but it's a bit <laughs> hit and miss today. Uh, but I think that I'll use that against Daniel later and try and get him post race. Uh, there uh, you go. Because. He should respect the fact that I left into it. He, he gave me a fist bump because I said, okay. Hey. Um, but uh, his trainer had lined us up. I might try and get Zach Brown. I've just seen him on the grid uh, when we come back, hey. if, uh, if we're out of the break in time. Chris, did, you need to tell Daniel Ricardo this is his new job. He's got to get let you interview <laughs> 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 him. Remind him, we gave him the uh, state dignitary I'm, belt buckle, too. <laughs> I'd be interested in a status report on Pato's run. We didn't hear much about it. Ah. That's a good point. I will see if I can find Pato on the grid. I did see him earlier. Um, I did want to grab him. Uh, and if we weren't on air yet. And uh, I was running down to get Logan. So I'll see if I can see him on the grid. If I can, I will ask him. Well, how did you uh, get Nico Hulkenberg right in the middle of our discussion about him? That was nice timing. So I'd seen him. And then when you, when you segued, I ran into the pit lane where I knew he was. Huh. Uh, and managed to, nice. managed to just uh, flag him down. Brilliant. And at first he said no. But then... Uh, I was like, just one quick one. We're talking about you. And he was like, oh, all right. Hey, Kevin Kelly on YouTube just said, Braun to retire? Uh, from the head of motorsport. Yeah, actually. Is that uh, official? Chris, Chris, yes. Chris knows about this. Yes, yeah. That's been known for about a year. Uh, this Neither. is his final race in that role. But Pat Simmons is staying, having originally been saying he was going as well. So, Mark Weber just shook hands with Vettel. Oh, really? And then punched him, said, multi-21, multi 21, you bastard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you knew I was multi coming. Multi-21, Yeah. Well, you know, that's a good point. You know, Vettel's not always been the lovable little no. player that he has been in these last couple of years. He was, uh, he was a, a stone bitch for a while. <laughs> Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. You're listening to Speed City F1 on Sirius XM. All right, Mr. Varsha, well, walk us through the starting uh, grid. If, wait a minute. Wait, wait, we got Chris. Set, I'm just going to grab someone who is... Well, right in the middle of the grid right now, actually. We're with Mick Schumacher's car. Gunther Steiner here. Gunther, Mick's final race for the team. And he's starting just outside the top 10. What are your hopes for today? I mean, what we hope for today, that we can keep the Alpha Tauris behind in the championship. That's the only <laughs> thing we can hope. So uh, we, we will need to fight. Either get in the points if they get in, or otherwise do our best job. But uh, he's starting in a good position. 12 is not too bad. So hopefully we can get a clean start and keep on going. Yeah, it's obviously mixed final race, and he knew he was leaving before this weekend, but you've been impressed with the way he's applied himself over these few days? Absolutely, and I always said when I sat down with him on Wednesday, he was very mature about it, you know, I mean, obviously not happy, but uh, he, was, he handled it very well, and I think uh, he chose like 
you know, uh, for sure, this is building also his character, but he's, he, he's handling it very, very well. And Nico Hockenberg coming in to replace him. Uh, excited by the experience lineup you'll have next year? Yes, that's what we do it. I mean, we are excited. Uh, hopefully, we can get the whole team a step up. Well, good luck with that and good luck today as well. I'll let Mick just jumping in the car now with his Sebastian Vettel uh, replica helmet on. So it looks very, very cool, I must admit. Hmm. Go, yeah, get, while we were oh. still on that, we heard from Steiner there. You, you, we never finished your, your, your thought. You said on wheel to wheel, you guys talked about Hulkenberg. What, what was your conclusion? You know, I, Chris asked me what I thought, and I said, I have to say that I agree with the decision. I, I couldn't think of anybody else, really. And I, I understand why uh, by Haas and, and Gunther decided not to go with Mick. It wasn't an easy one to to say that I agree with this, but you, Hulk. You, you know what I think? I think they looked at what Magnussen did after a year out yep. of the sport and thought, you know what? You can't beat a set of good hands uh, and feedback that really moves this team forward. And I think Magnussen has been carrying the load, as you would uh, yeah. when a rookie is trying to just learn his way. Um, you know, he didn't <coughs> help himself. I mean, I thought his qualifying this weekend was brilliant, but... You know, that's that's what you'd expect from a rookie. It's sometimes brilliant, sometimes, you know, he's a diamond in the yeah. rough. So if the yeah. idea is to move the team forward, it is the right decision. Yeah, and at the back of the grid and, the you know, the smaller teams, they have to make those decisions. They can't say, we're going to gamble and risk one more season and, and maybe then one after that. Mick the, is yeah. brilliant. There was well, a stat that came. Sorry, Tentra, more go, go. grab Toto Wolf before he uh, runs off the grid, and I have to run up it too. Toto, you won. You had a one-two last time out, but you weren't there for that. Can you win today's race from the third row? I think uh, we have a good racing car, is my opinion. Uh, the track is uh, not one that is perfect for us with this car, but we're going to push uh, maximum attack. And you must be encouraged by the end of the season you've had, at least. You've been on the up, especially since Austin. You said you wanted to win more than a second place in the championship. You've done the first part, now for the second part. Yeah, and if not, uh, we have a little bit more wind down time next year. That's also not bad. Yeah, and, uh, and just finally, how do you reflect on the season as a whole? Because it has been a tough one. Uh, sorry, I didn't understand the question. Just saying, how do you reflect on the season as a whole? Because it has been a tough one for the Mercedes. It's a tough one. It has been a tough one. It's still a tough one. But hopefully a lot of uh, understanding for next year. And a word on Seb, final race? I'm going to miss the, the curly here. Well, anyway, good luck today. Thank you, Toto. <laughs> I have no idea what he said at, the point, at that final answer. He's going to miss the curly hair. That's what I thought he said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Bob, starting grid. Okay, we haven't got much time, so let's hurry through this. On the front row, all Red Bull. Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. Seventh pole of the year for Max. 25th row lockout for RBR, but only their second in the hybrid era. Row two, all Ferrari, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Leclerc is Perez's rival for the runner-up spot in the Drivers' Championship. Science, meanwhile, is trying to help Leclerc hold off the Mercedes team. They lead by 19 in the constructors coming in. Row three, all Mercedes. Sir Lewis Hamilton has now gone a full Formula One season without a pole for the first time in his career. At the end of the race, we'll know whether he goes winless for the first time in his long and glittering career. Next to him, his teammate, George Russell. Row four, and this is where it gets delicious, as Alan DeCadene used to say. <laughs> Lando Norris for McLaren. McLaren leading Alpine by 19 points. Excuse me, the other way around. Alpine leading McLaren by 19 points in the constructors. Next to Norris is Esteban Ocon in the Alpine, hoping to keep the French team's advantage over the Brits. 
Row five, the man of the weekend, Sebastian Vettel for Aston Martin, his last go-round, only his fifth Q3 appearance and this his final season. Next to him, old buddy Fernando Alonso in the second Alpine, his last dance at the French team before taking Vettel's seat at Aston next year. Row six, Yuki Sonoda for Alfa Tauri, a career-high fourth in this race a year ago but it's been a brutal season for Alphatore as they battle Haas for a position in the Constructors' Championship. And, of course, who would be next to Sonoda but Mick Schumacher in the Haas? You couldn't script this stuff. <laughs> On to row seven, Daniel Ricciardo, who actually qualified 10th but got his three-spot grid penalty for hitting Kevin Magnussen last week in Brazil. Next to him, Lance Stroll in the second, Aston. And it's another constructor's battle as Aston tries to close a five-point gap worth millions of dollars in prize money to Alfa Romeo. And who should be right behind them? Zhou Guan Yu in the Alfa Romeo inside row eight. And, uh, oh, by the way, let's not forget, we're saying goodbye to Alfa Romeo this weekend as well. Uh, next to yeah. the Chinese oh, driver yeah. is Kevin Magnuson, who had a brutal qualifying for Haas. Pole sitter a week ago, eliminating Q1 here. Row nine, Pierre Gasly in the second Alfa Tauri in his final appearance for the team before being on. Next to him, Valtteri Bottas in the sad second Alfa. Row 10, Alex Albon and Nicola Tifi for Williams. The slowest cars in qualifying for the third time in the, in the last six races. And as we have heard, Logan Sargent has got his Formula One super license and will take Latifi's seat next year. Oh, here's a quick trivia question. Yuki Tsunoda's next point scored will move him ahead of uh, uh, Tai with a famous Japanese driver Sato. into second place <laughs> among Japanese drivers in scoring in Formula One. Who are those two drivers? Anybody Sato know? Sato and Kobayashi. You cheated, you <laughs> son of a gun. Yes, two-time Indy 500 winner Takuma Sato may go from second to third in world championship points, and Cowboy Kamui Kobayashi still leads among all Japanese drivers. There you go. <laughs> all right, guys, we have literally one minute less. Quick podium. Vettel, Ricardo, Schumacher. Jonathan? <laughs> Verstappen? Who, me? Uh, Verstappen, Perez, <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> okay. I'm laughing because Jonathan's always eating. <laughs> like, uh, hey, Chris Metal, are you there? I am. I'm going to go Verstappen, Leclerc, Hamilton. And Bob? I'll go Verstappen, Checo, Leclerc. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll go Verstappen, Leclerc, signs. There we go. All right, guys. Uh, we got a minute left. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And don't forget, we have our one-hour post-race show. And, of course, you can stay tuned for the entire race right here on SiriusXM Channel 81. Bob, I was I was noticing that your grid read was almost synced up with the television's grid read today. So, nicely done. Uh, thanks, everybody. We appreciate it. Old habits it. die hard. What's that? Old, Old habits die hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I ate Chris Medlin, and we will talk to you after the race, and hopefully you'll have your elbows out for the post-race show, buddy. Excellent work. As always. <laughs> All <laughs> right. All right, everybody. Talk to you after the race. Ciao, y'all. Cheers.